What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Sarah from Sarah Styles here. I am like beyond excited to go live today with our panel. It is two full-time resellers who do vintage. And we were talking just a few minutes before this even started, and I already have like half a page full of notes. So we are going to learn tons of information today about selling vintage. I can promise you that much. If you like content like this, it is all reseller content. Lives are bringing on different types of resellers so that we can all learn and grow together. Make sure to subscribe to my channel hit the little bell so you get notified of lives or when I have new content coming out. And today we are talking about, oh, I also do data analytics. Um, I don't know if we'll talk too much about that. Breezy does use my dashboard a little bit. Um, so we might talk about that, but I do data analytics on my channel and on Instagram. So if you like that kind of content, make sure to subscribe, leave comments. Hello, Tori. Hello, Nicholas. Um, it's going to be a good one today. And I'm sure Tori probably has some information to help as well. She's a vintage seller. So with before, let's get started. Um, today I have two full-time resellers. Breezy Bon Breezy. She is a work at home mom of two children. Hello, Bill. Um, she's work at home mom of two children. She is a big old hippie and loves selling vintage, loves going to music and festivals. And she is not building a brand. She is building an empire, y'all. Make sure to follow her on Instagram. Um, Michelle, this is Breezy. Michelle is Mish Market. And then she also just opened a Instagram store, Lee and Low Vintage. She is a dog mom and lives with her boyfriend. Um, she also is amazing on Instagram and on YouTube. Their information is down below, so you can follow both of them. Lots of good vintage and just overall reselling content. She sells on multiple platforms, but she does love vintage the most. So let's, um, I had some questions and we were going to get to know you a little bit, but I'm going to change that because we learned, so, I mean, we were talking for 10 minutes and I already learned a whole bunch of tips. So I want to talk more about vintage, less about y'all. So sorry. Just tell us quickly um, about who you are, um, how you got your name, and then why you sell vintage. Uh, we'll start, yeah, sorry. We'll just start with you, Breezy. And okay. Um, my name was, my name, my name is Breezy. So I started on Poshmark. I was like typing in Breezy. Everything was taken. And um, I went to art school with a with a dude named Jones Von Jonesstein. Look him up; he does cool stuff. Um, anyway, I always thought his name was dope, and so as a joke, I had started to sign my ceramics. I used to be a potter, Breezy Von Breezy. So I had typed in Breezy Von Breezy. The rest was history. I got into resale, probably similar to everyone else. I was moving, didn't want to sell a baby dress <laughs> that was new attack, <laughs> or didn't want to donate. Sorry, so I wanted to sell it. And uh, I realized there was a lot of money to be made in it. And I always was um, kind of into vintage, like wearing it. Uh, my father was a theater design major. So I grew up with like costumes and vintage all in the house always. So that was an easy transition for me. Yeah. So you know a lot about it. Because I think that's, and we'll learn tips and tricks, but I think that's what makes you a vintage seller. It's a huge learning curve. Yeah. So it's something that you already kind of know going into it. All right, Michelle, tell us a little bit. So you have two names now, yeah. Mish Market and Lee and Lowe. So tell us a little bit about both of those and then how you got into it. Yeah. So um, Mish Market, literally, it just came from my name because my name's Michelle. And when I joined on Poshmark, I, um, and also I was on, I was selling a little bit before that on like a different app, which I don't even know if it exists anymore, Vinted. Um, but in high school, I was just like, I was just interested in thrifting to begin with. And I like was the, you know, like the deal hunter. So I used to like 
you know, just shop too much. So anyway, uh, Mish Market was just like, let's come up with a cute name and like Mish Market, like your shop. It's so obvious, you know, like it's just yeah. like, anyway. So that's where that came from. And there's, that's, that's really just it. Um, but Lee and Lowe, uh, was, I wanted to create sort of like a vintage brand that was separate from myself, but also like the name would feel close to home. And my dog's name is Leo and my, my niece's name is Lorelai. So, um, because both of them are L names, they kept trying to like play around with the way that the spelling and everything. And Lee and Lowe was like, finally, I just was like, this is how it's going to be. Initially it was going to be like Lee L E E, but that's taken. It's like an Australian brand. Um, for baby stuff so shout out to them i guess <laughs> so uh so yeah that's really where the name came from um i've always but been really, Lee and really flows off of the tongue it does yeah. yeah i mean it's a good name it flows off the tongue yeah it i really wanted it to be one word like you know like spanx or like yeah i don't know something like one word but i couldn't come up with anything that was good enough so yeah. it's like okay two words we're just gonna do it like pick the people you love the most and I don't have any kids. So my dog and my niece. <laughs> I actually wondered when I was reading it and I did this question, I was like, I wonder if it's her dog because it like, it sounds kind of like a dog name, right? Yeah. Um, I was like hearing people where their name comes from. I think it gives us a little sense of who you are. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to nix most of the questions about you and let's start talking. And I had questions, but I just want to talk about what we were talking about before. <laughs> <laughs> we came on. So we were talking um, before we got on just kind of chit chat, but there was a lot of good content in it. Um, we were talking about modeling clothes and then where we like to sell on platforms. So I want to talk a little bit about, I think we all model our vintage, um, but why we model vintage and if there's like any tips or tricks, um, because I mean, we were talking breezy, looks like she is a size zero to size <laughs> 22. And so like, how do you do it? And why do you model your clothes? Um, and we'll just start with breezy to Michelle. I mean, you guys can chat with each other as well if you have something to say, but we'll just start with breezy. I mean, I think a big reason I, I do find success in selling vintage is the modeling. And um, this may come as a shock to some people, like Ford models and Wilhelmina have not called me yet for a contract. It's not like <laughs> a, a fantastic model, you know, <laughs> but I can like get in the clothes and make it at least look decent enough where you can understand what's going on and how it moves. Um, I do think, you know, Depop is already doing videos and Poshmark is going to start doing videos. So like, oh, are they? Yes, Queen. They talked about that at Poshfest. I didn't go to Poshfest. I am like out of the loop. Like seriously, I well, honestly, I missed that session because I skipped a lot of Poshfest. Oh, okay. But um, but I heard tell, and um, so I mean, I think if you can get in, doing those videos is going to help sell things for sure. But um, it just shows how to style the piece. It shows the dynamic movement of the piece. So. Um, I think anyone can model because these days you can pick up a tripod and a remote for $15 from Amazon. And it's surprising. Like when someone takes a picture of me, I'm super awkward. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, you know, but like if I can see myself, I can just keep moving my body till I look at it. And that's why if you look at my pictures, my face isn't always a gem because I can't see my face when I'm taking the picture. Oh, so I just put so, my face out of all right. of I mean, I'm not going to do that because yeah, I, like, I, I have a perfect body and then my face is like, <laughs> I just cut my face out because I don't like I would never take pictures because I'd have to like do my hair <laughs> and like put makeup on and usually it's like oh crap I have an hour when the kids are napping or whatever right. I'm gonna go do stuff I don't want it like my face is like a hot mess half the time and I'll, I'll always pop like a, a bright lip on because sometimes just my lips show so that I feel like kind of pulls it together a little bit more 
Um, getting like a styled wig for vintage because that's like the vintage sellers that have their hair did, you know, and mine isn't like super vintagey, but um, there you um very seven, it's very 70s vintage though. This, this, there are some people who I feel like do the face thing really well, and then there are some people who like want to cut it out. But I actually saw a guy on Depop called like I think it's called Brown Bag Vintage or like Paper Bag Vintage. He literally just puts a paper bag over his head and just stands there like that's his thing. And I was like, wow, like this is actually this is pretty smart. Like I'm I'm really into the paper bag over the head thing. Yeah, and then you see the picture and you know it's him, right? Yeah, like that's that's just his brand. It's just paper bag vintage. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So Nicholas is saying that's the worst part about being a posh man is he can't model the women's clothes. Um, but there are so like, if you have some friends, maybe or like, you could pay like I am all about paying people to do things where that you can't like I pay someone to clean my clothes or my shoes because I hate doing it. If you can find some like teenage, you know, whatever to come over. I mean, you probably have to sign a waiver to make sure their parents say it's okay or something but like outsourcing something because yeah. it definitely makes a difference i mean i actually model a lot for my friend at the the reclaimed rose um and we're just oh yeah our friends and she'll babysit for me sometimes and then i'll model for her i mean it, we don't like actually work it out like you're gonna do this and i'm gonna do that but when she comes over and we hang like i just model her stuff and my stuff at the same time so yeah and i think that's the benefit, Nicholas, maybe if you went to like some posh and sips or like mm -hmm. just get to know the community, I'm sure people would do that for you. Um, but it it is a downside. Yeah. <laughs> it does, I mean, it, yeah. Yeah, but, I've just been on men's clothes before and I am uh, well endowed in the bosom. So like I hold it out so that I don't look like that, but it yeah. doesn't really pan out. <laughs> no, no. And I don't model, do you guys have um, like your boyfriends and husbands do the men's stuff or do you, I think that looks okay. Like flat. I did it like, once in a blue moon. I have my brother-in-law or my husband, but um, they're both handsome, handsome men. Um, they don't, they're not professional models. And so I, I have to spend a lot of time moving their bodies. I, yeah, I it's a, alarming to me how much they don't understand. I like, just stand like I'm like just move your shoulder and then keep it keep it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my boyfriend's not willing to spend the time taking foot. Like he's like he hates the lights. He like doesn't want to be involved. Yeah. He's just like if you find something that you think I'll like, you can give it to me outside of that. Like that's your space. Like <laughs> you live in that space. My husband would probably actually really like it. He wants to be like insta famous all the time. We'll be places. Like, he's like take my picture, and I'm like it's like my Instagram's <laughs> not about you. Like. <laughs> I probably just heard his feelings because he is actually he's very supportive. He's on all of my lives. He's right there right now. Let's see what he says. Oh. You don't think I'm good enough to model your clothes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so modeling. Okay, and then we were talking a little bit about the platform. So tell me what and I'm gonna have Michelle talk because Breezy will talk forever and then little quiet Michelle won't get a word in edgewise. Um, what platforms do you sell on? And why? And let's, I mean, more specific to vintage, like what platforms do you like vintage? And like, is there certain things that do better on one platform than the other? And yeah, so I'm on Poshmark primarily. That's like my number one. That's Poshmark is Bay right now. Um, and then there's, I'm on Depop, Mercari. I have a few things on, on eBay. Um, and I sell on like the real, real and thread up. Um, I've thought about doing more on eBay and on like TradeZ too. And I know those are great. Those are things that I'll probably do in the future, but I just but haven't been vintage. there. Yeah, but not for vintage. Um, well, eBay. For well, eBay, yeah, but not TradeZ. I'm just not there. 
Um, Depop is really great for like Gen Z, Y2K, 90s kinds of stuff, like stuff that's super, super trendy, but like not the vintage that like your great, great grandma wore um, because Gen Z, it's just a younger platform. It's really similar to Instagram. Like it's the way that it's set up. It matters how many followers you have and it matters like who you're following. It matters that people shop the feed that way. There's an explore page. That's so, why I'm nervous to get on it because I can't do another, like it's so much work to do social media. <laughs> well, I yeah. kind of do Depop like kind of passively. I just cross list the items I think are going to do well there. And that's the kind of place that I'm like, okay, well, I need to model number one. And there are a few things that I flat lay or I hang and like I've sold shoes there before too, but they like people just ask a lot of questions. And if you price too high or whatever, like people will call can you, you out. Do, can you do offers on Depop? What was that? Can you do offers on Depop? No, that's another thing. Okay. But the good thing is you can run sales. So like you can just um, over your whole closet if something has been listed for more than uh, like almost two weeks, like 10 days, you can do any any kind of a percentage sale that you want. Um, you also are kind of responsible for shipping. Um, I mean, they do ship with Depop, but anyone who does ship with Depop, like the price starts at like $9. And so it, it can get kind of expensive for the buyer. Because I just started yesterday, it's changed. Yeah. There's like levels now. So it's okay. 50 to 10 50 now. Well, I do, I do just oh, so a bit smaller than you can. Okay. Okay. And so the, I, I just do a $106 shipping across everything, like no matter what it is. And that's been successful for me because like, if it's a pair of shoes, it's $6. Mm -hmm. If it's a t-shirt, it's $6. And it's also lower than all of the Depop shipping regardless. So, um, for the Wait, most so part, again, where do you do the $6 shipping at on your own? I do it on my own through pirate ship. Yeah. Okay. I need. Oh, yeah. But that's so much. It's so much extra work. It's actually not. No, I'm the easy. It's. Yeah, I, I think it's like it's more yeah. of an incentive for the buyer to just say it's this one flat fee across the board, whatever you want. If you want to bundle something, like I can make it happen for you. Like just slide into my DMs and like it's six dollars no matter what. DMs. You are like so cool, Michelle. Slide into. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I like selling everything on Poshmark and um, I, I've sold a couple of vintage items on the real real, but those are like vintage designer. So, oh, okay. I, Cause you said the real real and I was wondering cause the real real and then tradesies are like more high end designer type. Yeah. Tradesy I haven't really dabbled in, but I know I'm I sold my first thing on Tradesy yesterday. How, I'm so now. It's exciting. <laughs> the first sale is always the most exciting I feel. It was, yeah, it, and they just buy, which is why I put stuff on there. Like, and that's why I was asking about Depop. I would don't mind doing a lower price if you're just going to buy it. Well, and I think on Depop, like, and I just, I literally just came over yesterday. Oh, you're a pro too. So right? I'm, a, I'm an expert. You know, please listen to everything I have to say. Um, but no, I've been studying them for a little while. Like, I've been looking at them, and if you look at their top sellers, which means that they have to sell, I think, it's something like twenty six hundred a month or fifty items for twenty dollars or higher a month to be a top top seller. They only have maybe nine of them. They're all doing vintage. It's streetwear, fairy K stuff like that. Like you got to get into those styles, um, which is That's smart to know what sells on there. Yeah. You know, and I mean, listen, I'm 39. Um, so I'm not always totally onto what like a 20 year old is rolling out of their college dorm room in, yeah, but okay. I can look and study. I mean, 
luckily for me, they happen to be wearing exactly what I was wearing at their age. So that's a little easier. <laughs> I know my husband's like, how do you know vintage? And I'm like, well, if I would have worn it in high school, then like it's cool. They're wearing it right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. So um, yeah, that's a little definitely easier. definitely like a few aesthetics too that like they like look, like you mentioned like the streetwear, the the like fairy key, the like princessy vibe, whatever. They have different like, sh I guess you can call them showrooms, but you can also put in hashtags into your listings, which are technically mm -hmm. like keywords. And then you can shop a hashtag or shop that like style, which is really good. Yeah. All right. And, that um, I would say Poshmark, you know, I'm going to give a shout out to Brittany Shop, Shop Foxborough, right? Oh, yeah, I, she did. She talked about this the other day. Poshmark did not used to be great for vintage. This is true. When I was on there five, four years ago, three years ago, even like vintage was not selling, not selling. Nobody valued it on Poshmark, but like, it's changed. It's totally the game has totally changed. They're buying vintage now for sure. I would say one of my top sellers on Hushmark. Yeah, and I and it used to be a little more like Depop to me, where it was strong seventies to nineties. Um, but now I, I feel like I'm selling everything every era on oh, Hushmark because really? I do mainly seventies to nineties because that's kind of what I'm comfortable in and what I can find. Yeah, so I'm do estate sales, so let we can talk about that too. But before. Um, we do that. What about Etsy? Because Etsy is vintage, all vintage. You guys have luck on Etsy. What do you put on Etsy? What do you? I do. I started six months ago. I've gone. I've done well. I sold almost two grand in six months, which for just starting on a platform, I feel that's good extra money, you know, coming in. Um, they, you know, it's outright purchases, which I love. Um, I do a lot of international sales on Etsy. I, I is Depop international or it's just. You can do it international. Yeah, but you have to deal with the shipping, so. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I'm also very, very comfortable with like shipping internationally because I used to, that was like part of my job in my last, in my last job was like dealing with customs and things. So I was like, I'm very comfortable with just filling out that form. All right, um, that's duly noted and saved in my brain when I have a question on that. <laughs> uh, eBay, we haven't mentioned eBay, but eBay is good for vintage. P people don't know that there's a lot of people who pay for a vintage on eBay. And if you're in lingerie, which I am, um, eBay is where you're at yeah. for sure. No, I have to look. So I'm on e um, Etsy. I just started on Etsy for vintage. I've done other things on there. Um, but eBay, one of my top sellers is vintage. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I just started on Etsy. So I want to talk about shipping on Etsy too. What do you guys do for shipping? Well, I'm not on Etsy, but it's, oh. I'm interested to hear. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm actually, yeah, I don't like, I want to know. Oh, I, um, I do it by weight. I, the buyer pays for me on all platforms. Um, and I just weigh the piece out and I do it by weight through Etsy. I do everything through Etsy. There. Yeah, good luck. Cause I was reading, I mean, I just started really cross posting my vintage there um, last month. And mm -hmm. when I was starting to do it. I was reading that they will only promote your listing if it's free shipping. Okay. So I got a good little thing about yeah, it. Yeah. Tell me all I right. got, you know, they always send you so many emails. If you do free shipping, you're going to be like the boss bitch, you know, yeah, right. eBay or Etsy, whatever we're talking about. So what I did. I was like, I'm gonna do it, you know. And I, I changed all my prices and I switched over, and it tanked my sales, tanked my sales. And Brittany told me the same thing happened to her, and um, so I switched back, and my sales went back up. So I don't know what's going on with Etsy and their algorithm because I do think on eBay, I, and other platforms that does work, but 
Yeah, the thing that I read said that they only will show your listing if it's free shipping. So essentially, all I did was do free shipping and then charged a handling fee for it. Yeah. Well, no, you you will not show up. I think in the first either the first page or the first two pages of of, of searches, which seems significant. Absolutely. Yeah. On the flip side, I think I'm bringing a lot of my traffic myself to Etsy. Yes. And that's the thing with Etsy too. When I, so I used to do upcycle on Etsy and then the dashboards on <laughs> Etsy. And I noticed in both of those, my, and which is why I like Etsy is you can actually look at data. Most of my sales were coming from outside sources. Um, and for you, you have a large vintage following. Yeah. So it may not, and Brittany does pretty well too in um, a following. We're talking about Shop Foxborough. And I'm, honestly, more than me bringing it to my shop, my SEO brings it. It's a, I get a lot of searches. And so I, I think the shipping would be only if you're scrolling, not if you're like specifically looking for something. Right, yeah. And I think because I have like weird lingerie pieces and stuff that like, you know, you have to be looking for it. Like they're like, I want a fan corset. You're typing that in. You're looking for that. So that's yeah, how right. mine's like 80s progress. So there's probably like a gazillion of those, right? You know, they're, yeah, it's popular right now. 80s prom is popular. I love them. I like the bigger the buzz. So is it telling you, is it telling you like on the, with the analytics, is it telling you like, this is coming from outside search, meaning like outside of Etsy, the platform, is it telling you like this came through this link or like, what is it specifically saying? Yeah, everything. 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 Analytics are amazing. It is. This is awesome. I mean, you know how YouTube analytics are in Market because you're on there. Bri Breezy just got on YouTube, but YouTube is the best analytics. But then Etsy, it'll tell you like what percent sold and did it come from Instagram? Did it come from your website link? Did it come from an SEO search? Did it, I mean, it's pretty, it's and so what like, like all the platforms, Etsy is like, to me, they, it seems like they want you to succeed as a seller the most out of all the platforms because they give you all of the tools. Although eBay, I'm getting more into eBay and eBay's analytics are pretty legit too. Um, so girly girl, Tori from girly girl styles. She sells a lot. Of, oh, she actually just moved her whole posh closet just to vintage. Um, and that's her top seller. Well, it's her whole closet now. So her and her husband, I don't know if you guys follow her, but her and her husband do it together. And her husband has like all of the other stuff. And then she's just vintage. Um, so my husband asked our parachute pants back in. <laughs> I don't. To me, really <laughs> I mean, they're. Yeah. I like to be in. <laughs> um, on that note, my husband told me for Halloween I should be. Um, vanilla ice because of my hair yes. <laughs> and I was like I hope you don't get offended and I was like no that's pretty awesome I love it <laughs> um girly girl style says she does free shipping over 35 um and I'm assuming that's on Etsy because I know that she's on Etsy okay so those are the couple of things that I hadn't even wrote, written down to ask questions <laughs> about. um and we're now like almost 30 minutes in. I knew we would have lots to talk about. So let's talk about tips for sourcing vintage. Where do you, and this was mentioned earlier, where do you like to source and what kind of, like how do you find vintage? Um, um, and I'm gonna start, nope, I'm gonna start with Michelle. Yeah. Where are you? <laughs> um, okay, so I mean, like the obvious places being like thrift stores and stuff like, like secondhand shops. Um, and I, Oh, Brittany's, sorry, Brittany's on, girl. We have been talking all about yeah. you. <laughs> Hi, Brittany. Oh, um, she's as, out running errands, so I don't know if she'll be able to watch all of this. Yeah. 
Um, as much as I would love to say that I shop from estate sales, I haven't been to one yet, um, oh, which really? I know is crazy. I literally have like the last four weekends I've been trying to plan. Let's go to this estate sale, this estate sale. And every single weekend something has happened. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Do or die like this March, I'm going to an estate sale. Yay. I really have to, but um, yeah. Um, I, I don't think I, sorry to cut you off. I no. remind me where you guys are again. You're on the East coast, right? Yeah, I think I'm in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Okay. We're close. Okay. We're close, actually. Yeah, actually. I was just, I was GPSing, like I was trying to figure out. You posted about a sale and I was like, I was like, how far is that the for the, I think it was the women's shelter. Yeah. And we were like, a bag sale. And I was like, oh my God, she's only two hours away. I need to like. Yeah, I mean, that's actually further. Like, I'm actually closer than that to you because my yeah. husband is up there. Like, it's like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we need it's to, true. this is going to happen. Yeah, but, well, um, I'll bring you to estate sales. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Tori, Tori says that she's never been to an estate sale either, but Brittany says, we need to, I've never been, no, that's a lie. I've been to like two and they were like, not, they didn't have clothing and stuff. So I was like, this is lame. Yeah. Um, I so it's like, no. like shops like that. And then, um, there's a, there are a few places that'll, that are local to Philadelphia specifically that have a lot of really good vintage. Um, like there's like a bulk vintage place. There's huh? Like a consignment store, like a brick and mortar you're talking. That's yeah. There's a bulk vintage place. I haven't been no. to, but then there are all their places that are like really specific to, um, to Philadelphia that are like, just like smaller shops that I go to pretty frequently that they purchase vintage and then I purchase from them. So and their and their prices are good enough to be able to resell. Yeah, they do a lot of like sales and things. So um, it just depends. Like a lot of the a lot of the the stores that are local to Philly, they um, there's a lot of charity shops that are based around here. So like good. Yeah, and a lot of like nonprofits. So some of them are overpriced where like you go in and everything is priced around 20, but then I'll wait for a sale day and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go on that that sale day and I'll just load up my cart and I've got a ton. So it really like a lot of the nonprofit stores, we don't have very many in color. Well, that's a lie. One of our big chains is, but they their prices are can get high. But a lot of the nonprofit stores are like they don't care. They're just trying to make like one of the ones around here is like everything's a dollar. Like they don't know brands, they don't know everything. And it's like, but they don't get a ton of stuff. Um, but like I found like you can find, you know, something from Walmart's a dollar and then something, you know, Prada's a dollar. Like they have no idea. Um, yeah. and I've heard that about like nonprofit <laughs> stores. They just they just want to make some money. They're not really in the market to um, resell. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, I know you do a lot of estate sales, but I want to know like how you're out shopping and how do you know that it's vintage? Like what are you, you're going through the, I mean, minus you being at a vintage store, right? But like you're at a thrift store or the bins or something. How do you know, like what tips you off to be like, okay, this might be vintage and it's going to be worth me picking up. Um, I mean, at this point, I, I do have a base knowledge, but if you're just first starting in, into it, I would say look for union labels. Um, as you go along, you'll start to recognize fonts that um, certain fonts look 50s, 60s, 80s is like the easiest font to, to figure out. It's usually some like lightning bolt or something crazy, you know, probably why um, I like like neon colors. Um, if, you, if you flip the seams and the seams have um, pinking shears, like the zigzag line, that's usually 50s, 60s. Um, a hand-sewn hem is a big sign that you're probably dealing with vintage. A metal zipper down the back is a good sign. A metal zipper on the side is a metal zipper. It's a good sign. So, um, any, so we're talking vintage. Uh, 
if you don't know vintage, let's define vintage first. <laughs> vintage is anything, I mean, pre, yeah, 20. So right now we're talking 2000. Like, 2000. So. we're talking 2000. <laughs> That's crazy. I know, I know. So basically what you were for me and Breezy, I don't know how old you are, Michelle. It's basically I'm 25. So I'm oh, like yeah. I'm literally a oh, yeah. 90s baby. Like the stuff that I wore as a child is vintage now. Yeah, yeah so, I know. It's, crazy. I don't know. it's just weird. Um, yeah. So technically anything 90s and before is actual vintage. But then there are different, like Breezy's saying, different indicators of what. So metal zippers started like what would date? Um, it's just that they moved to plastic zippers mostly in the 60s, um, 70s. So no, you can have a plastic zipper before that. It's possible, but for the most part, and I'm talking like obviously in pants and jeans, you're always going to have like, yeah, you know, right. have to have it, but I'm talking about in a dress. If you see a metal zipper on a day dress, like you're, you're looking at an older piece, most stuff. Um, I mean, it's, there's always exceptions to the rules. Yeah, so you know, that's smart to help you date because I can tell by style a lot. Yeah, that as well for sure. Um, but there are certain things that I'm like, I don't know, like the style's not completely one brand. So looking at different things like the metal zipper or the seams or also the care tag, if it has like those little icons, it's like it's newer regardless. Like machine, a machine, obviously. Um, when you say newer, you're talking not vintage. So if it has like little icons, you're talking to well, and so like, newer like 80s, 90s sometimes has the little like washing machine icon sometimes, but even still, like it could be vintage if it's 90s, but um, which like technically is still like newer vintage, you know, it's not, it's not as old, yeah. it's not going to be the 70s, 60s piece, but like those handwritten care tags, some things don't even have care tags, yeah. like really old Levi's, they actually printed the um the care information on the inside of the pocket so it wasn't oh, yeah, um, I found a pair of those recently yeah it wasn't even like a care tag it was nothing it was just like written instructions on the inside pocket so um the, like that seeing that label depending on how it looks that can tell you how how old it is so made, I would say too like um made in Japan is almost always 1960s made in um Taiwan I, I want to say 70s or 80s korea as well china can be it's usually 90s or modern can be 80s made in the usa is often 80s if they're really if they're claiming it made in the usa 80s you know made in mexico if you're looking at vintage if you know it's vintage and it says made in mexico then you're looking at 1950s but if it says made in mexico and you're unsure then no that's not the signifier yeah. oh that's valid yes yeah. Because a lot of things. Uh, so popular art is saying, I find late 90s labels challenging. They can look very modern. And yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. And oftentimes mm -hmm. that when I find something like that, I don't always label it as vintage, but I will put like vintage in the lit. Like this could be late 90s vintage, like not necessarily say maybe it is if you're kind of unsure. Depending on what it is, like especially with graphic tees, which is something I source a lot of, you can look at um, defunct, D-E-F-U-N-K-D. Has um, a huge label resource, like just like Vintage Fashion Guild, but for, oh. for graphic tees. Ooh. And so, like you can see, like the jerseys label, how it's changed over time, like and it gets really, like really granular. Um, you can see like how the Hanes label has changed over time, and there are a few different, um, there are a few different really popular labels that you'll see really frequently. But especially like 80s, 90s, it goes like 83 to 87, like 90 oh. to 95 you know oh, so nice. you can kind of date it that way too just like looking online for that kind of a resource yeah because i find the 80s to 90 well 80s is pretty 
it's i mean there's quite a few like indicators of 80s but 90s vintage and 90s vintage is kind of big right now i find it hard to be like very specific because some of it can and like the label can look kind of what it would look like now and so that's a great resource um i am going to give a shout out to breezy just posted on her instagram like yesterday or the day before of three different vintage resources oh, yeah. um, so check her out it was like two days ago but there was a couple and you can speak to it a little bit more if you want but a couple places to help you date and look at labels and figure out what when it was and it, I, i'll just say i mean it's vintage uh it's blogs vintage dancer Sammy D Vintage and then Vintage Fashion Guild is great for um, labels for sure. Um, so someone is saying, would you say that vintage silk is often made in China? Vintage. I mean, to be frank, I don't know. <laughs> I've never yeah. um, pondered that before. Um, I'm going to look that up though. Now I'm interested. <laughs> Would you well so popular art would you say that it sounds like maybe that's something that you have heard um so let us know your thoughts on that because i don't i've not heard that before but i'm not a pro like you guys um i mean if i'm gonna go back to like me being high school and learning history i do have like some memory of like china silk production and that being a whole thing so yeah, right. and that's kind of what i'm thinking as well that a lot of silk was probably made yeah. in china. or the um, good silk they got the good good yeah yeah great right. Um, so Callie Picker is saying labels are a good way to date an item. I try not to lie or fudge an item. If I don't know if an item is vintage, I don't say it's vintage esque. Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually, I, I've given up. I came up with a list of questions, but y'all just have so much good info. Like I don't need like formal questions. I'm going to ask, and that's like SEO and how you put items like what types of, and we can, I mean, there's so many keywords that you can do for a different item. So I'm not going to go down that, but like, if it's vintage, do you say, or like, if like, cause sometimes I will say like, this has a nineties vintage feel to it, mm -hmm. um, to like get it picked up in the SEO, but I don't say like, this is vintage because if I don't absolutely know, um, but Callie is saying that she does not do that. So I don't know if. I think that's fine. Actually. I think it's fine to say that it like has a nineties vibe because there's a lot of, or like it has, a, it's 80s doing 40s. Like there's a lot of, yes, yes. cyclical, you know, like fashion is cyclical, like all of that stuff, those styles will come back. And so to say that, you know, something feels like it's from the 1940s, but it's actually from right now, or it's actually from, yeah. you know, the 90s. I will say if it's inspired, if it's yeah. inspired. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's what yeah, so Tori just said that. You could also say vintage style or vintage inspired. And I do it because of the SEOs. Like I want, it, when someone's searching vintage, I want my item to come up. Or when someone, I just listed a pair of, I'm going to butcher the name. I'm awful at names. Salvador Figueramo. How do you say Salvador Figueroa. Yeah. yeah. I just posted a, pitch, a pit, pair of 80s vintage shoes, but they looked 50s. Yeah. And so I posted, they were like the saddle and everything. And so I did put like 80s, but 50s inspired. So when people are looking for 50s, it comes up in a And I'll do things like Stranger Things style or Brady Bunch style. And I do think that helps sell in the title. And, you know, here's my thing about vintage inspired. Labels in general are just ripping off vintage styles and let's just be honest, global styles and they've been doing it forever. This is the fashion industry, people. So are we terrible for saying that they did get inspiration from a vintage from vintage from global? No, they did it. They're the ones who actually stole the piece, let's be honest. We're, We're just trying to sell it now. It, you know? Well, <laughs> so nothing sure. 
Uh, Callie Picker is a he, so I apologize for that. Um, sorry. But he says what it does is that some cumber, some customers might not think it's vintage and it can piss them off. Have mm -hmm. you had anyone like be pissed off when I haven't had? No. I'm very clear that it's not. I mean, I'm never wanting to lie to someone, so I'm very clear. Like, this is not vintage. It is a masterpiece. I'm very clear about it. But you know, to say that this was like, I recently sold a piece that was obviously Hungarian vintage inspired, and so I really didn't know how to explain that piece other than saying that. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And that's the thing. You want it to come up, and if you don't say it's inspired by what it is inspired yeah. by, uh, have you had any issues with that, Michelle? No, I I will always, like um like you'll see a lot of like brands right now, like anthropology or free people, especially um, they'll even in the copy on their website, will say this vintage tea, like it's like a Metallica tea that's that's from right now. They just made it, but they're like mm -hmm. this vintage wash tea. And it's not actually vintage. It's just, they're using vintage as like a keyword to describe the style at some point. So like, right. It's as long as you're being clear and you're not trying to like misrepresent what the item is, I think it's okay to say that this looks kind of like this, but it's not actually. Um, yeah, I just, I think as long as you're clear, like people understand and they'll ask questions if they're not sure, you know? Yeah. And I will, I agree with that. The only times that I've had people um, say something, I don't want to say nasty because it was true to me is I had a pair of Levi's on that weren't actually vintage and I didn't realize I, I had mixed up my um, when I was listing them, I like copied the wrong, like it was completely my fault. I labeled it as vintage and they were not vintage because when I was listing it, I listed the wrong Levi's with the wrong whatever. And so someone kind of, I don't want to say nasty, but they were like, these are not vintage. And mm -hmm. then I looked at him and I was like, yep, <laughs> you are correct. And thank you for letting me know. Um, and I, I like had someone once really get salty with me about um, describing a dress as a wiggle dress, which in retrospect, when I look back on it, she was absolutely right. It was a day dress, my bad. But um, I like ruined her day. <laughs> I was so excited to see this wiggle dress and then I pulled a picture up. So what is it? What is it? I was like, Whoa. oh, just from a picture? Like she didn't. Oh, I woke up to that. I was like, Oh, all right, girl. That's someone who has a, like a, something else is going on in. But on that note, so we can't possibly. But I didn't change it. I changed the description. <laughs> yeah. and I don't mind. I actually like when people um because I sell a lot of coach too and mm -hmm. like other things. When someone like I do the research to the best of my knowledge, but I'm not an expert in all things, and so I actually like when people like. Hey, I noticed that this was this, or I've had sellers. I this happens a lot on eBay. I've had sellers say, yeah. "Hey, I was looking up your comp, um, and it you the sizing was tag was off. Here's my exact dress in the same measurements, and here's the size." And I'm like, "That is like ridiculously right. nice of you. Thank right. you very much." <laughs> um, and I've had there's one coach I've had too where I, in all of my glory of putting up listings with children around, I put the wrong um, creed in from a different purse. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, that's not the right creed. And I was like, you are correct. <laughs> well, they were like, it's either fake or it's the wrong creed. And I appreciated that. Yeah, God bless those warriors who like gently <laughs> let us know that we've made mistakes. Yes, yes. And if you yeah. do it in the right way, I think it's okay. And I think yeah. with vintage, there's not vintage you have to be do so much research and you can you can't be an expert on all the things and i think part of the reselling community like i would be 
happy if someone was like, hey, actually, you did a, your research a little bit wrong, and this is actually this, if you do it in the right way. Um, SEOs, there are, you can't possibly go through and tell us all of the SEO things to include in all of the vintage things. But when you are researching, because you've said a wiggle dress, and then you said a house dress, I mean, and those are keywords that you want to have in vintage. And I think that's what makes your vintage sell because you guys know those keywords that are people are looking for. How do you know those? How, where do you go to research keywords or to look up fat, like all of that stuff? How do you guys, besides like you've done it forever now? Y'all can call my dad. <laughs> I'm not going to give you his number, but I do call my dad. <laughs> I will say I, when I have a question, I just ask Breezy. I'm like, what would you put? Yeah, I think it's actually really helpful. To, like, you know? I'm helpful. I think asking other people is helpful. Like other people who are other vintage sellers, like or just even browsing their closets just to be, see how they list things and see mm -hmm. like I have a friend named Kari. Uh, she's like Carnet Creative on Instagram, so shout out to her. Um, but she works at a vintage shop, and so her brain knows things that like mine cannot. Just like it, just I just can't. Like I haven't gotten there yet, you know. Yeah. And she's she's so knowledgeable about things that I'm like not you know so she'll be like oh that's a renaissance piece it's men's from the theater and it's like 1800s it's got whale boning and xyz and i'm like okay thank you that's all i needed and so like learning from each other is really helpful also just like looking online mm -hmm. Look at uh, seeing blogs, those kinds of resources are super super helpful and just like it's like doing research on any style or any comp like when you're looking up trends or things like seeing what other people use to describe those items is but going I to eventually soak in. Yeah. And I find for vintages, and I think this is why it's scary for so many people, is there's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, mm -hmm. Like I will look up a vintage coach bag. I, I sell vintage coach bags um, and I'm fairly familiar and learning more about them where I will look it up like on Etsy and that same bag, someone will have it as 70, someone will have it as 90, someone will have it as 50s. Um, and so, and that's why I'm asking you. And I think both of these ladies are amazing when I've asked questions um, of them and I don't want you guys to be inundated with it, but I think finding resellers who are knowledgeable and actually know and who are also willing to say, you know what, I don't know. Um, because there is can be a lot of misinformation out there when you're looking up comps or looking at other listings of people who have no idea. And I would say this, like, if you can find groups who are talking about vintage that have seamstresses in them, people who sew know, okay, they do. And um, they know things like, I swear to God, they'll be like, that's a, uh, a 1917 from March. Uh, you're like, what? <laughs> like, they know everything. They know the stitching. They know everything. So you can learn a lot from those ladies. Like, I'm forever trying to get into a quilting circle. I don't know how to quilt at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Quilting women, like, know their they stuff. Know. They yeah. know. <laughs> but that's, I think, also with, like, um, I'm thinking, when you said uh, that there's, like, misinformation, the first thing that came to mind was, like, salvage. Like, a lot of people don't know the certain keywords with like Levi's like salvage what what does that even mean like what is mm -hmm. what does it mean to have orange tab what does it mean to have you know like a big e like yeah. and Levi's are something I, I really love and so if you don't know you might just say these are salvage Levi bomb jeans and like you don't even know what that means but you're maybe using the term because you think it's popular but like it's just I think it's important when when something sounds like it's familiar maybe just like do a quick google search and like say okay like how do i describe levi's or like do like i don't know just um just a quick google search to figure out like 
what other people are saying and to actually learn the definition of those terms and those keywords so that you can just like know for the future because otherwise you'll you'll just constantly keep reiterating the same yes yeah, like half my job is research i research constantly like a paralegal you know what i mean and um like recently i ended up with a bunch of vintage lingerie that i just like was hopeful about and that's when i kind of switched gears into lingerie and i didn't really know much honestly about vintage lingerie i mean i knew your base and i spent an entire week like hours every day looking up and researching lingerie and i feel like i have like a phd in vintage lingerie. So if you're trying to sell vintage lingerie, reach out to Breezy because she knows all the things. Yeah, I'll tell you everywhere to look for I everything. think that's where for people it gets very intimidating because you don't want to say like, you don't want to misrepresent something. Mm -hmm. um, and it is a lot. There's a lot to know about it. Um, Kelly is saying websites have pictures of the label so you know when it was made, um, which is true. But does it for all the things that forever? I mean, there's certain things no, that I can't. A lot of them you can, like the bigger labels, yes. That's that cool. It's like a big name brand. Yeah. Just be careful, like Pendleton on Vintage Fashion Guild, it, Pendleton is easy to mix up like 80s and 50s labels. There's certain labels that look similar. And if you're not, don't have the knowledge of how things were made and the construction during the era, you can easily mix it up on with by just looking just at the labels, you know? So I think yeah. it's always good to start getting that knowledge. But you can take it. You can learn. Everybody can learn. This is a, a great age to live in. You too. Yeah, so I can do brain surgery. Just give me 20 minutes, you know, like. Yeah. It's actually, so I had a live on the other day um, and she's like a surgical assistant. And we were talking about how like you can learn anything on YouTube. And she was like, oh yeah, you could totally do my job. And I was like, um, I don't know. Like, like I feel like a scalpel in 20 minutes. I could do it. I feel like if you can do that, I don't want you doing my brain. Like maybe, maybe 40 minutes on YouTube. Maybe, maybe 40. <laughs> um, uh, I had something else to say, but I don't remember. Okay, so we have about 15 minutes left. Let me look if there's other, if there's things that you guys want to share too. Well, I will say oh, like, oh, oh, go ahead. I go was going to say like, I remember honestly a couple years ago seeing my first union label and I had been to vintage, vintage for a long time, but I never was like looking for the, like the detective clues of vintage. You know, I was looking more just the form shape. So um, my friend Eden showed me my first union label like a couple years ago and an amount of knowledge I've gained in like two years on vintage is insane. And that is just by doing my due diligence and um, doing doing the work. That's the, that's the one thing people don't like to hear. Like they want to think resellers were like, do, 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 bought it for two, sold it for 2000. And I did no work, you know, like, but reality is like my, my husband's been helping me lately. He's like, your job sucks. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a lot of behind the scenes for sure. And which is why I like doing these lives because then we're sharing a lot of that other knowledge of things that go on behind the scenes. Um, the union label, when I see one, I always get excited because that's like a huge like ding, ding, you know, for sure it's um, something. Especially that older one. When I see the older one, I'm like, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't really, I don't know. I have a hard time with some of the older styles. They just sit for me. Uh, maybe I should do like the pay it forward and just send it to you, Breezy. Like <laughs> I have, there was one dress that um, I got an offer and I asked you and you're like, oh no, that's way too low. And then now it's just still sitting, which I'm afraid you probably could have gotten a hundred dollars. And I'm like, I should have taken the 30. Um, popular art is saying, how about antique clothing? So I want to ask what classifies antique as opposed to vintage. And then also, uh wait like victorian old very old can you date those so first can you like say what antique and victorian like what would date that and then how you would kind of 
do it. He gets a hundred years or older. So you're looking at like 1920s yes. and before a Victorian is a uh, Victorian era, like when antebellum era, you know, like eight, I would say 18, 1860s, whenever that was. Right. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. I think so. I don't ever find, I've never found a Victorian piece. They're out there, but my God, it's hard to find one that's not in tatters, but people find them. Yeah. 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 The, I think the older it is, the harder it is. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's like, stuff that's that old is all handmade and it could have been a theater costume. It could have been something like someone's just like an organic fiber. Yeah. It, it really just depends. And like a lot of that stuff starts to be recreated and then repaired. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, it's, it's just harder and you have to do extra, extra research on that. And so like my friend Kari, I was literally, I had a friend who was like, Hey, Michelle, can you date this for me? And I, it was like a Renaissance era, uh, like boys, shirt and i didn't know it was men's it looked super women's to yeah, me but i was yeah. like i have no idea what this is and i just kind of was like i don't know how to date this but my friend can help you and i just kind of forwarded the pictures over to her and i was like hey you guys connect and like discuss because i don't know the information like i i'm not there so it's just about like doing more research i think um, yeah i think finding an expert because yeah. that's really the only way there's not those key factors and i think a lot probably is like on style and fabric because yeah. there's not yeah, that was, that's what I was going to say. Like 1920s is pretty easy to tell because of the Art Deco quality of like what they're putting out. And um, I think Edwardian is really easy to tell because yeah. it's always linen and, and embroider. It's just got that super style to it. Yeah. But, and I think finding those pieces is hard. I, a lot of times it's like a, an estate sale and like the trunk that they forgot about. Yeah. Chips. <laughs> also, estate sales, drawers, pull, be that weirdo. Be that weirdo at an estate sale. I think estate sales all goes like that's what I mean. I don't want to say everyone that who goes to estate sales is weirdos, but like that's what people are doing. I don't think yeah. it's like not everyone looking, looking, looking through the candy drawer. Cool. Like I just need to find the silks. I just need to find the like yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I think that's oh no, I do want to touch on sizing because sizing is really hard. So I want. I know Breezy, um, you are very big into being like size inclusive, which is really hard. And Michelle, you may be as well. I'm not sure um, if that's like, I'm sure you're not size exclusive, but anyway, okay, I'm not going to go down that whole thing. Like, I'm, not, I'm just saying, I know Breezy posts a lot on her Instagram about like, hey, you know, whatever. Anyway, so um, how do you, I mean, it's hard to find bigger sizes in vintage. So if you have any tips or things that you do for that as well um yeah that's it. and then oh and then also like how you list do you list for the vintage like the size that's in the label or do you list it for fits a modern day i um well to the listing i always figure out what the size modern size is i list in the sml genre <laughs> um and i list it that size and then in my description i always give the measurements and what the if the size was was included i say what the vintage size was and then I say, I think it will fit a modern blah, 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 blah. Um, and, but I list as well the size I say. Yeah. And yeah. then um, finding, it is hard. It's hard to find larger and plus size vintage. Absolutely. I scour for this stuff. Um, I think there are areas of the country where curvier women, and it might be um, demographics and stuff like that. I happen to live in a place where, um, there are a lot of women of color and women of color and me have larger booties usually. So, um, they, so I do luckily for that, I think I'm finding larger size partially because of that, honestly. That's valid. Um, and whereas in California, when I was searching California, I always only found like zeros and twos because 
that's all the people are in California. Yeah. So, um, and, I, and I'm kidding because I live in California and I'm not a zero two, but um, no, yeah. but I think it's valid because I say that about brands too. Um, and also sizing, like I live in Colorado, it's a very fit state, so I find the North Face and Patagonia and like these active type brands all the time, and they're usually in size smalls and mediums because we're all very like it's one of the healthiest states in the country not to say that there's not plus size out there but i have a really hard time finding plus size and if it is at a thrift store it i don't are we allowed to say plus size anymore i know some of that language i know no it's changing sorry um but so i find it hard and then if it is at a thrift store it goes really quick because there's not a lot of it in my state and so i think some of it is definitely demographic but i mean on the flip side of that too i do I, I think it's important to include petites and smaller sizes because I hear that from that community as well of those tinier women that they have trouble as well. I don't want to disclude them. And I sometimes I feel like when we talk about all sizes matter, we're talking about curvy women and and um, voluptuous women, and we we forget about those um, other women because we, we think it's so hard for us to be tiny. But you know, they, they struggle with their own sets of whatever as well. And I want to include them as well and, and find I want to find clothes for everyone. And for me, it stems honestly from my prom, going back, I'm going back. My prom, I found the most beautiful vintage dress in a um, vintage shop in the 90s. It was a 50s dress. And of course, it just did not fit me. At yeah, all. Yeah. Um, and it made me so sad. And so I feel like I've been on a quest ever since to like find that vintage that people want. Like to me, your clothing is like an armor when you feel weak. And it's like, and, and then it's your armor, armor to shine when you feel yeah. You know, so it's so important to me to be me and and I want everyone to be able to find what they want to wear, you know? Um, yeah, I totally agree. I feel like um, when it comes to finding items of any size, like I'm just looking for what's good. I'm just, I'm not really looking for a particular size. I think, yeah, I mean, it's great when I can find something that's much larger or much smaller or anything in between. Like I'm happy with whatever I can find because I'm just looking for good vintage. Um, and I think at the bottom line, like I'm just looking for stuff that's going to make people feel good. I make sure to include measurements and like you just you do the best you can with like searching for the stuff. And it is much harder to find like the any of the larger sizes and then trying to like represent that on, on you know, uh, for vintage. Like you have to make sure that it's modeled and all of that. And, you know, it's it's definitely tougher to find, but like it's out there. It, you just have to you just kind of have to search for it. But yeah. Um, girly Tori says the same things about smalls, medium, and larges. And I actually, Tori told me that in a, another live video that I moved all of my stuff to that because I don't want what I have find hard. Oh, hey, grateful queen, thanks for joining. Um, big breezy fan. Ah. <laughs> um, I find it hard and intimidating with vintage is I don't want to misrepresent something. Um, so I was putting for a lot of this stuff, unless it didn't have a label, I was putting the size that it was because I'm like, I don't want to like say it fits the size when like maybe your medium is a different medium than mine. Um, but I do include measurements and everything. So then I feel like as long as you're being very explicit in this fits this, but here's the measurements. And I always say check measurements, vintage is different. Like, and I think most people who buy vintage know, like they know to look at the measurements and they know that it's different. Well, and um, I hope things are altered too. Or concern, Posh sure. will give you a return. If what I've had the return both ways. Yeah. <laughs> and when I put the real size and let them know I had the return when I put the size because we all know how that goes with Posh <laughs> and that. but. At the same time, I also am open to returns because if you don't like the clothes that they don't fit, I don't want you to have to keep it. Return it, honey. 
Yes, back yeah. Agreed. yeah, I agree. You just went super gangster on us. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we're wrapping up, but I do want to get to, you guys are both like queens of social media. You have huge followings on, I consider a swipe up like the ultimate. I just want to be, like you guys were promoting- oh. Yeah, you guys were like, I have to do all these workarounds and it takes me like 15 minutes just to get a freaking link out to my followers. I cannot wait to like swipe up to link to the video you guys promoted. And I was like, oh my God, that's glorious. So anyway, you guys are both on Instagram. Uh, Miss Market has a YouTube that she's been doing. Breezy just got on YouTube. Two haul videos, I think so. Or two haul videos, right? I did a spring trends and vintage and then I did a haul. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Um so I want to talk social media and why you do it. Um, and do you think, I mean, do you, why you do it in general? And then if it relates to vintage as well, Michelle, I'm going to go to you first. Yeah. I mean, social media for me was just as a way to, it was a way to connect with people. Like I was really frustrated at my job and like, I talk about this a lot, but like when I decided to go re to start reselling, like for real, like I was like, okay, I'm going to start reselling part-time. Like I'm going really hard at this. I plan to leave my, my job. Like that was the goal. Um, I started my Instagram like a month later, just, it was, a uh, July or August of, um, 2018. And, um, and I wasn't really posting. I was kind of just lurking and I was kind of like connecting with people I would see. And then I, when I started posting pictures of like things that I, I was doing and like actually connecting with people and saying, going to, when I finally went to my first passion sip, it was like, oh my God, these women are incredible. And the posh men, they were a couple of posh men. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mostly we had someone to talk to, like, the yeah. it was the same way. Like, we sat there and talked to thrifting for hours. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I I, avoided going to my first passion sip. Like, I literally bought a ticket and bailed because I was so anxious about going to, like, meet all of these new people. And then I met Breezy at a passion sip, like, weeks later because I was so obsessed with going to passion sips at, once I finally made the jump to, like, to actually go. And so um, just connecting with people has been probably one of the the greatest I'm about to I'm I will literally cry over anything and crying over Poshmark friends is like my number one thing um <laughs> like I love so much connecting with people in real life and oh my god I'm literally about to I cry right now like so what is my problem <laughs> no it's so sweet so that's why I mean like yeah. people have learning from them being able to help people like that's yeah. so rewarding for me I'm not gonna cry right now I'm done <laughs> this is it you go I will say, um, I like if I'm gonna be perfectly frank, I got on it from a business standpoint, and I'm Gen X, and I don't do a lot of social media because I think a lot of Gen X we feel like it's poserish, like that's posery, that's not being real, you know. But um, so I hesitated, but I got on from a business standpoint to grow my business, but this was like a really nice underlying thing and what keeps me on is the community and i didn't really hardly know any resellers before social media and now i have so many um friends from social media like literally friends actual friends that support me like so much more than my my real life friends do in my business and another thing that's great about resale in fashion is it is so female strong it's a it's a female dominated community and so like when you're in this on social media right now you get to ride this wave of female entrepreneurship which is like amazing to be part of um yeah. and then honestly i'm gonna be perfectly frank i'm here for the tea i'm here for the tea on social media <laughs> I gosh, you give me life <laughs> like, i want all the tea when a scandal breaks i'm like we're getting no work done today 
Oh yeah, follow yeah. breezy. Follow breezy stories because she goes deep into the tea. She like drowns you in it. <laughs> um, girly girl style says hugs, and I feel the same way about Tori too. Um, I'm similar to you, breezy, because I did it from a business standpoint. Um, and I am a Gen Z. I'm like on the cusp, but I relate more to yeah, Gen Z. <laughs> But I relate much more to the Gen Z than to I'd like just my personality and stuff. And so I was like, it's business. I'm going to do business. And it is very much business driven for me. But I do love the community that it has built because you don't you're it's very isolating. You don't like you. Social media is my coworkers. When I'm having a rough day, I can like post something or like reach out to the people like this is the first time I think I've seen you, definitely you, Michelle, in person and Breezy. I think maybe we chatted on something I don't remember, but like, I feel well, like we chat every day. that's the funny part, but we chat in real life and not even in real life. I don't know if I'll ever meet you guys in real life. I'm so cheap. I'm never going to go to a posh fest or anything. <laughs> um, but I'm just saying like, I do, I feel like I have real friends, even though I've never actually met them in real life. But as a Gen Z, it's still very uncomfortable for me to be on social media all the time. Um, I don't, it's, it's just weird. Like it's not really a Gen Z type thing. Um, but it is for business. And on that note, do you feel like it helps drive your business? Um, do you think, especially as vintage sellers, do you think that it is helping drive your sales? Yeah. Yeah, a million percent. A million percent, yeah. I mean, I think if you're looking at marketing and, and doing research, like everyone is on Instagram and social media. If you have a business and you're not on Instagram, what are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, if you are doing it and you're not on Instagram, like, please holler at me. I want all the secrets. I will buy your class. Because yeah. I don't know that's how everyone's doing it. Yeah. And it's amazing as an entrepreneur that we are able to do all of this marketing. It takes, if you're not on social media or do it for a business, it is a full-time job on top of reselling. Um, so keep that in mind, especially if you're just starting out, like, to build up to that 10K. I mean, it's like brutal because <laughs> um, i'm getting there slowly and surely posting every day on your store i mean it is a full-time job to get it's to like that. exercise it's consistent yeah. it's slow build you know but it's free so like back in the day when you were trying to be an entrepreneur and you had to like run ads in the newspaper yeah. and it can be done and it does help your business but it is you're not going to have ten thousand followers you're not going to be monetized on youtube in a month you have to really um be on there and do that um I'm still not monetized on YouTube. I just post, like I've been posting videos. I did, uh, I almost did, it was almost every day in October. I did videos like while I was at Posh Fest, I posted a video every oh, single day Posh Fest. had a big thing in October, right? Like a Yeah, October was like, I was like, I'm going so hard. And then November, December, it was like, okay, I need to like slow it down a little bit because this is too much. It's and I, I post weekly and I'm like, okay, maybe weekly too too little. I'm trying to find like the balance, but like, having the, the, the rhythm of posting um, just on a consistent basis and like sort of like, I want to say episodic, episodic, yeah like kind of like an episode. Um, and having something for people to expect is really what, what gets people to come back and continue to watch and subscribe and share. And like, otherwise, if you're just not posting consistently, like they'll just find someone else who's posting consistently and like, they'll just continue on. It's not that you know, it's not that people don't want to watch. It's just like, yeah. you're not posting consistently. So believe it or not, I am also not monetized after my two videos. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I, I mean, you, like, yeah. me, she's like, what stats do I need to look at? And I was like, well, you need to have videos first. Like, I, know, I, didn't, like, I posted it like an hour later. I was like, what do I need to look at? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah. Consistency definitely in Instagram and it, and someone told me I'm going to get this stat wrong, but for marketing purposes, someone has to see something like 20 times or something ridiculous before they're even, which is why you have seven, to do seven times. Seven. <laughs> I just feel like it's a lot. Um, but that is kind of a lot of like, cause sometimes you feel like you're just doing the same. Like, I feel like I'm saying the same things or posting, but you have to like be in people's faces for them to be like, oh, I kind of like this person. That's yeah. why I'm always like self, shamelessly self promote. And it was hard for me to get grasp that. It took me honestly probably a year and a half before I could do it. And I started to do it, I was uncomfortable. And the more you do it, the less uncomfortable you get. But you just got to think about it. Target is throwing ads at you 24-7. I get them popped up all the time. Like, am I mad at Target for trying to do what they oh, need? No, I love Target. I'm all about right. Target. So, like, why would why should my friends and family be mad at me for trying to, to scrounge a living? Like, you know, I'm not out here me. I'm not um on I'm not on the top 10 Forbes list yet. Uh, believe it or not. Yeah. So you know, I'm just a middle class person making a living, you know, and I don't think people should be mad at that. Right. Yeah. I think um I think it's it's like something that a lot of people are uncomfortable with doing especially at first like I've heard so many people be like I really want to start doing YouTube but I'm like nervous to be on camera and I'm like well it's not going to get any easier by not doing it. So um the first few the first 10 probably will be awkward. You will sit there for too long. Your camera's going to die without you realizing like especially on Instagram like it's going to be awkward talking to your camera by yourself in a room alone like Maybe that's weird, but also it's not going to get any easier by not doing it. And the only thing that's that's stopping you from doing it is you. So like, what what do what you have to lose? Especially at first, like you don't have if you have zero followers right now and no one's watching. Like practice now, and yeah. then you know eventually people will find you and you'll have already practiced so much. So like, there you and go. And that's where I'm at. Like I'm just throwing stuff up. There's no editing. <laughs> this is all. <laughs> this is breezy raw. Okay. <laughs> It is what it is, but I'm, that's me learning, and that can—that's me learning what is is being received well. And so that's what I thought in the beginning. I was hesitant. Oh, I need to know how to edit. I need how to, and I was like, I need to put stuff up and see what people even want to hear. You know. Well, and that's how I started too. My husband, bless his heart, he like I just need to start listening to him from the beginning. But he was like, "You're gonna have to get editing software and edit." And I was like, "I'm not doing that. Get out of here! Like, no way." And so my first video is, huh? You have a Mac? Yeah. You have iMovie. I know, I know, I get it. I do it now, I do it now. So I've been on YouTube almost a year. Yeah. Um, but there was a time too, like consistency, I was doing maybe one video a, a month, which is wow. not going to get you monetized anytime soon. I'll tell you that note. Um, now I'm trying to do a bit more, but it's like a full-time job. Um, but like, you just have to throw it up and you have to do it. And I think what makes people successful on social media is being authentic. And yeah. everyone's authentic is different. And so if you go in and you're, I mean, and if you wear makeup all the time and like that's who you are and you're very much like type A and, and that shows in your personality. But if you don't do YouTube because you're scared of being who you are, then like you're not going to be successful. Like just go in and throw it up and see what happens. And then the next video gets better. And then your followers are seeing that, right? Like they're seeing your growth and they're seeing that real people are doing this, which I think actually also helps. Um, Popular art, we are kind of over and we do have somewhere to be. So I'm gonna have to cut it short, but well, not short because we're over, but I'm gonna have to cut us off. Um, and so someone said negative comments terrify, um, I think it's him. Now I'm nervous to say, terrify them. Um, you can actually filter, and Tori says you can filter all the comments so you can remove them before they are live. Oh, that's a good tip. I didn't know that. Um, I'm still learning this. I 
have not received a negative. I don't think. And if I had it, but not like negative, like the, I did like a, a tour, like when I was apartment hunting. Right. And these were like really clip quick clips that I, I got when I was looking through the different apartments in Philly. And I was kind of like, just going through the places and they were like, well, you could have included more views of X, Y, Z. And I was like, well, thanks. That's helpful feedback. Like I'll consider it next time. Like, and some people, you know, just are leaving feedback and that's just it. It's all it is is feedback and it may not be positive or negative. I think people who are leaving like really malicious comments, like, I don't know. I just is like, I, I haven't gotten anything that's like really super negative. So, I, I mean, those things you can remove, they're kind of spammy and there's always going to be like a troll somewhere in the world. The first thumbs down is going to, you can just assume that that's a spam bot that's just thumbs downing you to be a troll. I feel I'm like I probably like close myself in a closet for a week and cry and watch like Real Housewives by myself <laughs> crying in a closet. I actually feel like, and maybe I just have a tougher skin. I mean, there's times I get the most down on myself when I start to compare myself to others. Like no one's doing it. I'm doing it to myself. Um, I feel like my first thumbs down meant that I was like reaching people. Like I was kind of excited. I was like, someone like cared enough to give me a thumbs I'm down. Legit. <laughs> and so yeah. I feel like once you're big enough to start getting like nasty yeah. comments, like you've made it. <laughs> well, and I will say this as a person who models lingerie and sells lingerie, like yeah. I'm so used oh, to messages. So, like, I can take a Really? Like, yeah, I, well, I, you know, mostly creepers, but I, I do get some women like, why don't you put a bra on? And I'm like, what? this is my house. <laughs> like, yeah. And who cares? So if you like it? Yeah, I don't. But you do. I will say if you put yourself out there and I only put myself out there in things that I'm comfortable, like my personal life is not out there. Um, except for my husband who wants to be Instagram famous. He's like, take my picture. <laughs> but like my kids, they're very personal to me and I will like, cut yeah. you if you say something and so they're not the back of their head is on there every once in a while on my stories they're not in anything else um that being said i do have to we have plans in like five minutes but i have to um go do so thank you so oh tori said that she said she says thank you for your feedback um when people say that people do have opinions um yeah. and that is part of social media well, i mean we have opinions we just spent an hour <laughs> in our opinions um so thank you so much for coming on there. Oh, my husband says he just wants to be as cool as me. Um, he, their information is down below. They're both very active on social media. Um, and definitely on Instagram, if you want to reach out to them, if you're watching this in the recording, you can leave comments and I will make sure, I mean, I will comment back, but I will make sure that they get notified of the comment as well. Or you can reach out to them on Instagram. If you have any further vintage questions or you want help dating, things or any or just general reselling they both resell other things as well they're just great with um vintage if you like content like this make sure to subscribe and hit the notifications give me likes and comments if you like this as well it helps extend my reach as well as let me know that this is content that you like so on that note i hope everyone has a wonderful weekend and thank you breezy and michelle for joining me have a good weekend Thanks. have a good weekend bye